Thank you for joining us today. We've been doing a series on prayer. We're not done yet. But today is the most important, from my perspective, what I feel this is the most important aspect of prayer. And I I think I'll introduce it with a story. Years ago, uh, after I got out of the Army, I went to Bible college. And that was in 1955. And I was there to 1960. And we had uh, chapel every day, which was new. Uh, In the Army, uh, you don't have chapel. (laughs) You have sergeants, and that's not even close. It's more like the other place, but anyway. Uh, And and of all, all these years that have gone by, there are two or really three chapel speakers I remember from way back then. They impacted my life so strongly. Uh, two of them were women. One was Corey Tin Boone. When she just came to America, that was new for her. She was not famous and no movies you know, about her or anything like that. But her message just really got to me. The second one was Carol Terry, and she affected my life for the rest of my life. She was a missionary to India, and she was uh, with um, Amy Carmichael, who passed away. Amy Carmichael had gathered children that were not wanted, children that were being dumped at the temples to be enter into all kinds of evil type stuff. Um, And so she began to gather these children. And then there were women that were willing to give their lives to take care of these babies, the unwanted babies, you know, all of that kind of thing. And she died. And Carol Terry ended up being responsible for this mission. And this was a whole new thing for her. It's one thing to work under somebody. It's another when the whole mission is now your responsibility. And what really grabbed her was they were running out of food. And they said, we're out of, we're going to be out of food in a very short time. We have no money. We have all these children. We have all these babies. What are we going to do? And Carol Terry the only thing she could think of is to pray. There's no way of getting money in India. And so Carol Terry, this is way back in the 50s, Carol Terry began to walk back and forth and cry out to God about what is she going to do? These children will starve to death. It's a horrible, horrible situation and no funds. And she walked back and forth crying out to God there in India. Now we'll move to another country, United States and New York City. In New York City, a woman was checking into the hospital because she was a wealthy woman. She was to have surgery the very next morning. So you check in the night before. They took all her valuables and they lock them up or whatever. Well, she is in bed at the hospital, sound asleep, 
And a voice wakes her up. And a voice said, Carol Terry, so much money. And it said it again and again. And so she pushed the button by her bed, called the nurse in and said, get me my purse. I have telephone numbers in there. I have information. I have to have my, well, you can get it tomorrow. So not tomorrow, right now. I need it now. Tomorrow I'm having surgery. I need it now. And so they got her stuff. She called people and she arranged for the exact amount of money that Carol Terry was praying because the Lord told her the amount of money she was praying for. Now, what that is, that's the kind of prayer I want you to understand. It is called listening prayer. It's not prayer I am saying. It's prayer that I hear others saying. There's no more important um, prayer in, in scripture. And I have many, many books on prayer, as you know, over, I think, 500 books on prayer. And, you know, read them, read them, a lot of them that are really good. I read them for uh, doing this series on prayer and read many books. But to me, uh, it meant so much to me to hear this missionary praying to God and God answering her prayer by taking the need to someone else. Uh, and our ministry has been that. A lot of people say, well, send out an SOS or whatever, and we pray and ask God to speak to people that have can hear the voice of God. Um, so listening prayer is extremely, extremely important. And it changed my whole life uh, as far as when I went into ministry about prayer. Uh, you can hire people to do your prayers and send out all kinds of beautiful, glossy papers and all. And I thought, well, if that works and get all that money, uh, we don't have money to hire anybody. But what I'll do is I'll take pictures of my starving grandkids, put them in a prayer letter and mail it out. Maybe that will jerk in some money. Well, I looked at my grandkids. I needed someone else's. None of them looked starving. I'm sorry, but, you know, I just, gimmicks just, just bother me. All the kinds of gimmicks to get money. What we need is people that can hear the voice of God and, and follow what he says. Um, <clears throat> an interesting study, if you ever want to do it, and it'll, it'll amaze you, is the study when God speaks in the Bible, the voice of God. Uh, you'll be amazed. In Genesis chapter one, God speaks, I think in chapter one and chapter two, and no one's listening. Today, God speaks and no one's listening. Uh, look at the mess we're in. You know, if we were listening to the voice of God, we wouldn't be in a mess that we're in today. But we need not to worry about others, but am I listening to the voice of God? Do I recognize God's voice when he speaks? The um, I, I was uh, thinking back when 
different ways that God communicated. Do you remember when they were having a party and God ruined the party because he wrote on the wall? Meanie, tekel, tekel, whatever, whatever. And uh, they called the prophet in and it was not a, a good message on the wall. But a lot of churches saw the handwriting on the wall and they said, that's really good. So they're putting handwriting on the wall during the church service and I throw out the hymnals. We don't need hymnals anymore. Uh, but that's a shame. Uh, there are wonderful hymns that are being lost to this generation. Uh, talking about hymnals, so people have no idea what I'm saying in America right now have no idea what a hymnal is. And it was a book with wonderful songs arranged to different issues in life and so on that you could sing. Um, the, the hymn that I love is in the garden. You know, I come to the garden alone. Why? I come to meet the Lord and he walks with me and he talks with me. And he tells me I'm his own. And the joy we share as we tear, tarry there, I can't put it in words. I can't explain. It's just my heart is so full because I'm spending this time with the Lord. Uh, and there are many, many wonderful hymns and so on. But that one fits here because we need people today to hear God's voice in prayer. Listen, you know, uh, God wants to speak. Uh, in First Samuel 3, 9, Samuel was, you know, left with the high priest uh, by the mother when he was old enough to be trained to be a priest. And God visited Samuel and spoke to him. And if you remember the story, Samuel gets up. He runs to hear the priest, and he said, did you call? And he said, no, Samuel, go go back, lay down. And he lays down, and he hears uh, the voice calling his name again, and he runs in, and he says, no, I didn't call you. But the high priest then realized it must be God. But Samuel had never heard God's voice before, so he did not recognize the voice calling him. And he went back, and he laid down, and he did what the high priest told him to do, Speak, Lord, thy servant listens. And God began to speak with Samuel. And down through his life, he cultivated a, a, a relationship with the Lord where the Lord could speak to him and talk with him. That still small voice is so important. Um, I'm in the building that we have always been in, just at a different part of the building, um, and did a lot of counseling here. Uh, and the people that came, came from outside of Sioux City, outside of Iowa, basically, and they would come and be here for a week. And there'd be some in the morning, one person in the morning, or their family in the morning, and another one in the afternoon. And often in counseling, I would hit a wall. And that is, I didn't believe in sheep dipping. I mean, let's run everybody through the same program. You pray this prayer, read these 
five verses and I'll lay my hands on you. And if you don't get better, I'll knock you in the head or something. You know? uh, but no, people are individuals and wanted to treat them individually. And, and not, I call it sheep dipping them because they're individuals and their stories are different. But often as we were going through their life, we would hit a wall and there was, we couldn't get beyond whatever this blockage was. And I didn't know. And we had a fellow that worked here then many years ago, wonderful man named Jim Gaskell. And he was in the back and I would go back and say, Jim, I hit a wall. <laughs> I said, I need you to pray. So he would pray when I would go back. And I would say every time that wall came down and God would speak, what was the key for that to come down so they could hear and we could get beyond this hindrance in their life. And it was such a, a blessed time to have someone, because I'd always usually try to have prayer partners with me but they would come and be here and pray while, uh, while we were counseling. But then he was always here and he really understood too. And so we had a lot of prayer and we had a lot of breakthroughs in the lives of people down through the years uh, because of praying uh, against exactly what was happening. Okay. Now, I wanna share another thing about the small voice. I had a burden for a Christian leader. Um, and I wasn't going to confront him, but I wanted to encourage him. And I would like to share a caution that I had for him. Uh, and I don't know him that well. And I know just to call somebody and say, you know what's wrong with you? <laughs> oh, yes. What's your name? We want to send you a gift for calling you know, a bomb. You know? But no. So I told Paul and Paul said, yeah, I, I think you ought to. Paul knows who the person is. And I said, I think you ought to call him. And I felt like I should call him. Um, but I knew it wasn't right. And so I kept praying, and I did try to call him once before that and got his secretary that put me on a list, and I never heard back. So to call him and get him directly probably wouldn't work anyway, but I still, he was heavy on my heart. And I just wanted to share with him uh, this caution that I had, uh, because you're not to contradict elders. Scripture talks about that and those in leadership to go in and tell them off and this is what you ought to do and so on. We're not to do that. We're to submit to those in authority, not try to change their thinking or mind or whatever. And so uh, one day the still small voice spoke to me and said, call him. And so I did. I mean, uh, I asked God, it's not my thing. Uh, uh, you know, if you were sitting here, I wouldn't go up to you and say, you want to know what's wrong with you? <laughs> oh, yes, tell me. <laughs> no, no, that's not who I am. Some people love that, but that's not my personality. But I called him, and it rang, and he answered. 
and I'm going, oh, <laughs> you know, like, oh, oops, uh, I guess God's in this. So I got him. And anyway, we talked, and then I shared that I had a caution. And I said, you know, I've, I've counseled a lot of Christian leaders, and I have seen success, quick success, has done more damage than failures in the life of Christian ministries. And your ministry is extremely successful. And I, I am concerned about that. And I want you to be careful, whatever. And he said, Jim, I can't believe this. My wife shared that with me this morning. So it was the mouth of two witnesses. You know, the Lord said, call him now. Because he knew what happened in the house. I didn't know. We were in another state and so on. Uh, so the, the still small voice and beginning to hear the voice and understanding the voice is extremely important. And I want to, um, if you have a Bible, I mean, I told you to go through and look at how God talked to people and how they heard his voice and the different ways that God did. But 1 Kings 19.12, I want to read to you. It is, it is a real key to what we're talking about here. And it was, you know, Jezebel had um, gone after Elijah, and he was really defeated, discouraged, and going down. And he went off by himself, and he got in a cave, and he was hiding. And then the Lord comes to him and speak to him. And all kinds of things happen, you know. He says, go forth, stand in the mountain before the Lord, and behold, the Lord passed by great and strong winds, just ripped the mountains apart. They broke them in pieces uh, and the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. Then after the wind, there was a great earthquake, and I lived in Los Angeles, and I know what they're like, uh, and I hope you don't ever have to experience one. Then after the earthquake, there was fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. But after the voice, here it is. There was a still, small voice. And if you look that up in a more modern translation, that was the King James. That still, small voice was a whisper. I want you to begin to hear the whispers of God. God wants to whisper you. That's exactly what happened to that lady in the hospital and sent all that money from the United States to India because God whispered to her of the need that was there. So I want you to, 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 develop an ear for the whisper, that sound of a gentle whisper. God is calling you. I want to read a prayer, and that's what I want you, This, what this whole thing is about, is that you develop an ear to hear the nudging and the whispers of God as he speaks to you. 
And this is a prayer that I'm, I, um, if I could send it to you, I wouldn't, I mean, I would, but I wouldn't because we don't have that kind of money to send all the people that listen to our stuff. But you can write it down after, and I'll go through it slow. But Ken Geyer, and he's written a lot of wonderful books on prayer and on walking with God and so on. But he wrote a prayer on the whispers of God. And it's beautiful. Pray, Lord, teach me to listen. The times are noisy. My ears are weary with the tremendous sounds which are constantly assaulting my ears. Give me the spirit of the boy Samuel when he said to thee, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. Let me hear your speaking in my heart. Let me get used to the sound of thy voice, that it drowns out the noise of the world, and the sounds will die down and die away, and only the sound will be the music voice of yours. So are you hearing God's musical voice? So this in your heart, God speaking. And I could tell you so many stories of decisions that we had to make as a family. Should we go here? Should we get involved in this ministry? Uh, I never made a choice without the small voice of God. Uh, any any kind, I mean, I would major, especially, you know, I wouldn't think about moving somewhere until God said, go ahead and move. Wouldn't move. Uh, God is able to speak. God wants to speak to you. And I trust that listening prayer will be yours, that someone is praying somewhere and God wants you to answer that prayer. But if you're not listening, you'll miss, you know? Uh, and God knew of all the places to go to New York City, to a hospital, to a lady that's gonna have surgery in bed, sleeping and wake her up and speak for Carol Terry, that her prayer, to repeat that prayer in the ears of this woman, that still small voice, but she recognized the small voice. Father, I pray that you would give us a desire to hear you. You know, not only as we read your word, but Father, we hear you as people are crying out. There may be a friend that needs you to give them a call. There may be someone that you could relieve some of the burden they're carrying if you were listening. Father, we're living in such a noisy society that it seems like you'd have to scream your head off for us to even hear you. But Lord, we know that if we quiet our hearts, that we can develop a hearing heart that hears your whispers, your gentle whispers, and you're able to give guidance and lead us because, Lord, so often we rush ahead and make decisions that are disastrous because we didn't wait and listen 
to get your okay, your voice, your 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 which way to go, and so on. So I want to thank you, Lord. And one more thing I want to share, and this is an important one. Paul Jordan is in sitting right here. He's the one that does all our stuff. His mom and dad are missionaries. Uh, he comes from a unique family, um, really unique because they're from down under. Uh, they're Australian. Uh, his, mother, his mother isn't, but uh, Paul has an accent and a really strange long tail. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's sort of like a kangaroo. Uh, but anyway, Paul's just a, a great guy to be here. But his parents understand listening prayer. Paul's sister is very good in languages. And she was in China speaking and teaching the Chinese English. And in the middle of the night, the still small voice woke up Paul's mom and said, your daughter's in danger. Pray for her. And she woke up her husband and the two of them prayed for a long time. I can't remember how long it was. They prayed because they were prayer people until the burden was lifted, until that heaviness was gone. But they couldn't contact the sister right away, but they did finally contact the sister uh, because they knew she was okay when, when that burden was lifted. And she had been in the bathroom taking a shower and so on. And when she came out, she saw a figure leaving her apartment. Are you hearing the still small voice of God? How important that is. Can God wake you up to pray for someone else that may be in danger? Um, you know, that prayer I gave you, go back, look at it. And you want to write it down and say, Lord, that, that's of my heart. I want to be someone that can stand in the gap and pray for someone else when they're in danger or hurting or struggling. Thank you, Father, for listening prayer.